podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Transfer Pod here on Anfield Index Pro. I'm Trev Downey. As you can hear, I am still congested and I'm likely to be for a while. So apologies for the nasal uh, aspect of the voice in advance. But that is one of the uh, drawbacks to balance against the many highlights of being here in beautiful rural Ireland. I'm joined for this show by the eminent transfer expert. That is Dave Davis. Dave, how are you getting on, mate? Congestion Schmeschen, you've still got the verbal silk, Trev. Don't sell yourself short at all, mate. You've still got the magic. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll see. This could all break down in 10 minutes, but let's let's give it a go and see where we go on. We've got quite a lot to get through today, Dave. Yeah. Uh, and again, to sh- not to tell the, the listeners too much of how the sausage is made, but realistically speaking, I, I like to give credit where it's due. And most shows I'm involved in, it's pretty much me doing agendas and guidelines and driving them. Uh, Dave here is doing the agenda all the time for this. So he's gathering the news and I'm just walking through him with it. So let's do that by beginning with the thing that's closest to our heart, which is, of course, the Reds. And there's quite, been quite a bit since you and I did this, quite a bit of Reds related yeah. news. Um, most people will have given their immediate reactions to the Salah stuff and all the rest of it, but I'd like to I'd like to get your take for the record. I know we were both in that immediate uh, post post signing, post the big sting by Rami and Mo uh, show that that guy did. But again, just to to reiterate, there's there's no bigger story for us. Um, not a transfer, but finance related and uh, personnel related. Then Mo Salah committing his future to the club for a considerable, considerably longer period than it was up until a few days ago. So we have to just stop and acknowledge a couple of things here, Dave, because does this then now really have a serious impact on how you judge the rest of the summer? Remember the first or second show we did together, we had uh, sort of decided we'd we'd find out how many people thought this summer would be good if it was one or two or three or four and we did that little poll and obviously people were bored all the running the full gamut from pessimistic to optimistic but this has a bearing on this now dave in a massive way uh to know that we have the services of Mo Saleh. it really does kind of take the pressure off a little bit um I'm still going to be greedy and say I want that midfielder. But does it have a very powerful impact on your uh, perception of the window now? Yeah, no no doubts at all whatsoever. I think this puts a real shine on the whole situation. It might not be perfect in everyone's eyes. And like you said, there's going to be some screaming, what about the midfield? I totally get that. But this is huge in total context. And even now the, the dust has settled, the fanfares died down a bit, so to speak, you can analyse it a bit more. 
it's massive, simple as that, Trev. If you think about it, the two biggest things we had to do or that were just lurking with a little asterisk around them was what about Klopp long term? What about Salah long term? And no matter what the transfers, you know, you moved. I know it's a bit last season, but moving towards the summer, there was that Klopp got answered early. This one was a real dangerous sort of lingering on. And no matter what transfer activity we've done, you'd still have that he's going to leave in here at the end of the season type of thing. So this has nipped all that in the bud. And as a sort of global force now that Liverpool are, it's taken away all those question marks. Even for any potential future transfer targets, let's not lie about that. They know they've got clock for that period. They know they've got three years of salary if they came along. So you can't understate how much this has removed that asterisk off the end, so to speak. It's massive, man. There's, I, 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 I agree completely. It's massive. It's coloured entirely my perception of, of, of how uh, I'm considering this window going forward. Um, the, the jealous side or not jealous, selfish side will, will always want uh, us to be better than everybody and go for broken. Um, I can listen a little bit more um, patiently to the people preaching um um, balance sheets and stuff like that now. If I, if 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 uh, if needs be, I still yeah. I'll st- I'll still be a little bit uh, I'll still be feel a little bit of pushback. But you know yourself, it's a massive deal. And 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 yeah. if Mo is staying, obviously, uh, for those uh, amateur accountants, we often reference the book balancers. Uh, there are going to be outgoings. There have been already, and the latest one is Nico Williams. Talk to us a little bit about what happened around that, because again, I think a lot of people are like me. They are kind of half keeping one eye on the football or zoning yeah. in and out. So shows like this are important just to get the details across for people of what's actually happening. So with the Nico Williams situation, uh, what is the, the 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 final information that you have? Yeah, we're we're almost it's been not dragging, but it's been going on a while. So we're at the end game with the the Nico situation now. So literally from that time of having numerous inquiries. We well, we a lot of people thought it would be Fulham that take it forward, but it's been Nottingham Forest that have come in and put the money on the table, and not just put a small sum. Maybe surprising to many, the talk is what well, the reports are: sixteen to seventeen million initially, and then possibly looking at add-ons, which could take it up to twenty million. Which, realistically, for an academy product who hasn't really shone, you know, maybe been harshly treated, where shall we say, when he's been in the first team. It looks really good money on the surface. And when you saw that figures, it was like, yeah, don't turn him down. Drive him there right this minute type of thing. And little bits of info that we've had throughout the week was he was actually expected back at Kirby about Tuesday. But naturally, because this has been lingering on, it's no, it's flexible. Don't worry about coming back because there's probably only a locker to clear out. You'll be coming back to realistically. So now it's in the end game and he'll be back from his holiday. And I wouldn't even be surprised if, this is fully completed by, you know, Sunday, end of the weekend type of thing. you got to be happy for the kid because, like yeah. you say, he's in that sort of, oh, it's a really, really unfortunate zone, which is just south of uh, first-team standard at Liverpool. Uh, and probably, if we're being honest, a little bit south of that next bracket as well. And yeah. 
you feel for a kid like that who has who can be on his day fantastic we saw him do some wonderful things in a red shirt uh, yeah. now I, I heartily hope he goes on to do wonderful things in a different red shirt and uh, that even if Forrest as we've predicted in our previous show together uh, aren't the ones who might hang about that you know he does well enough to get himself a move to another place uh, after a good showing in the Premier League. And we'll all be watching, I think, uh, with nothing but goodwill towards Nico as his forest adventure begins. And there's another youngster yeah. on his way out as well, and that's Owen Beck. But this is a loan. Yeah, absolutely. And apologies to all Portuguese listeners, because I'm probably going to butcher your language now. But I think the club is pronounced Familiçal, I think it is. So... Yeah, they are a Premier League club in Portugal. Interesting thing about Owen Beck was he's actually had, as, as we know, about seven or eight different offers to filter through. So literally working with Liverpool. And it's easy to speculate now with Julian Ward's Portuguese connections potentially. But it's interesting that that's specifically the league they've chosen for him to almost take the next step. But we, we do know there was an original ask about an option to buy. And Liverpool were completely clear, no chance. They've got real high hopes for this kid, which is interesting because it's not like we're poorly stocked in the, the left-back area, is it, by any means? But they've got high hopes for this kid, so it will be interesting to see how he gets on. I, I think it's brilliant. I think it's brilliant that he, he hasn't been sold because, um, like you, I've heard the high opinion uh, that that he's held in. And if that is the case, and, 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 and the best judges that we know are the people who uh, are running our club currently, if that is the case, then, you know, we're an, an, uh, you know, uh, we're a rabble in injury away from needing uh, uh, someone good to step up. And, and we know we have cost us, but then all of a sudden you're light again if Robbo's out for a while or something like that. So uh, I think it makes all the sense in the world. Uh, and hopefully uh, hopefully he'll progress in that fashion at Familia Sao. And we do also have other Reds-related news in that the only other thing that we were hoping was going to get done to clarify a few things around the squad. And I saw a tweet by, by Jimmy Pierce. I don't know if you saw this one, Dave, where he was talking about, uh, it was basically a summary of the squad as is. He was like saying they're, they're all headed off now, uh, to the preseason and they've got like yeah. no, no dead weights and several areas addressed and no, no, no glaring gaps. Uh, I might point little Jimmy Pierce to the, uh, to the, uh, midfield zone, but. I, I, I'm fond of the man, so we, we, we won't uh, we won't hold him to, to, to ransom on that. But I thought it was very interesting. It had a sort of finality to it. And of course, one of the things that has helped that feeling of finality is these loan deals, the few of them getting done, these sales getting done. And more importantly now, the people that we want to hang around being kept, like Mo, and now contract <clears throat> renewal news around Gomez, Keita and Jota. What do we know there? Yeah, so Gomez has been announced, hasn't he? So he's gone long-term deal. It's an interesting one with Gomez because before we sort of got to the end of this last season, I should say, there was a bit of speculation, like, will he stay around? You know, And we know there's been clubs that have been asking about him, but it's been clear more than anything that Gomez has wanted to stay. So he signed that renewal. It's a long-term one, as they say, until 2027. I think it's good business all round because I I genuinely cannot think of a better crop of centre-halves in the world than what Liverpool have got, in all honesty. And there's also the element of Virgil's literally 31 today, isn't he? Happy birthday to him. Joel Matip, 30. So longer term, if everything works to plan, you're probably thinking, 
Canate Gomez, they're made for that. And it's a nice, smooth succession. So made sense. Everyone's happy. And that one's done. And then the interesting ones, like you said, it's a bit, a bit of a mixture of almost links for journalists. But it, it's not, you know, it's not anyone. It's the top level notches. You've seen Joyce comment, Pierce, Neil Jones as well. Cater and Jota, that there's deals in the works for them. And they're all checking or making it clear this summer. Now, there's not a million miles of the summer left, is there really, Trev, before the season sort of gets full up into full go, shall we say. So I wouldn't be surprised if those move quite quickly, if they're not already at the final stages. The Gomez thing, let's just take a minute, because as you say, that's the one that we've got details in about. And uh, it was notable as well, I thought, that the first couple of things that were printed on the official website were in that same vague language that the Mo Salah story was. Where it, uh, You remember when we were doing that show immediately afterwards, that we, people were trawling around trying to find the actual details yeah. of, the, of the deal uh, as such. The initial stories on the website were equally uh, uh, vague. But you've got a 25-year-old, uh, and he, you know, an a, a on <laughs> sort of a, with low miles on the clock, a 25-year-old in Joe Gomez, and as you say, Ibu Kanate is 23, and that is our immediate succession to the two that are currently, you would imagine, first choice. And I agree with you. What a what a what a compliment of defenders to have, and I. I'm so glad that this got done because I know an awful lot of people are saying uh, Dave uh, Hendricks has been saying it like if Joe wants to play and he should be playing he needs to move. Mm. But but again, we're an injury to Joel or or Virgil away from um, needing uh, four good centre halves and it's yeah. absolutely fantastic man that we have and I I'd agree with you I think it's only a matter of time until we see. Uh, whatever is going to get done getting done uh, and it could be a very short amount of time as well i'd agree with you on that too now if we are tidying up our business in a neat way and putting a bow on it um it's nothing but fun to look at the ongoing uh crack uh down the uh down the the, the motorway there at manchester united yeah. uh i mean it's let's be honest man let's be honest we were younger men. It was a nightmare. It was a nightmare. I've so many Manchester yeah. United supporting people around me all the time, and you, it was just constant uh, humiliation, degradation, and superiority on their part, and just haughtiness. And I, I take absolutely no uh, guilt in the pleasure I'm having watching what, as you deemed on the agenda to, here to be quite the circus. Now, yeah. of course, the show pony is going to be the central show in any circus, and that is Cristiano Ronaldo. Uh, and again, drifting in and out, people will have seen, is Ronaldo leaving? What's this all about? Talk to us about what seems to be happening there. Yeah, it's amazing. The United Circus just rolls on, doesn't it? And the uh, the PT Barnum, or Ronaldo, as he might also be known of the whole thing, is just driving this all. So what we do know is that Ronaldo was supposed to return. However, clearly through sort of intermediaries, and it's come out with all the, the major outlets, Ornstein's been quite clear on this as well. Ronaldo has asked to leave Manchester United. So... They've kind of done the bit of the, the PR exercise nonsense, haven't they? They've, he's not back because of a quote-unquote family issue. 
So I guess what that family issue is, Ronaldo's family sat him down and said, United are crap, you need to leave. And so we can call that a family issue to the press type of thing. That's all I can assume it I actually mean, so to speak. But it's, it's fascinating because the, the newer development seems to be a, a leak. And you won't be surprised if Mendes is driving all this because naturally everyone's going to want what he's got to say on it. The indications are that it's a, a 12 to 30 million price tag, which isn't huge, but we are talking about a 37-year-old. It's not the price tag that's going to be interesting. It's is Ronaldo prepared to drop those half a million pound a week wages? So as soon as you hear about those wages, it's almost like, guess who, isn't it? Knocking down the cards, which clubs could actually afford to offer anything in that ballpark, so to speak. So almost one that we'll we'll come on to later because they're providing us with great joy. Chelsea have been linked. PSG are there at the moment. But there's no one really, bar Chelsea, been solidly linked. It's, It's easy clickbait, isn't it? Speculation. But... Until that's resolved, one way or another, this will rage on. And the beautiful, beautiful thing is, the longer this rages on, the bigger the joke, the bigger the instability, the more it just undermines Ten Hag coming in. It's brilliant. Let it continue. I I just really hope... uh... Newcastle United decide to lose their marbles and spend a fortune. <laughs> That's what I hope. I have to say, just to keep the circus rolling. Uh, lots more going on in and around United. Of course, as you say, yeah. that's the headline. Um, but it looks like uh, they've picked up a left back, and it looks like they're neck and neck with Arsenal for another player. Uh, who are we talking yeah. about here? So yeah, they've signed Malassia, the the Dutch young left back, which is really. It's interesting in the sense that they've already got Shaw and Tellers. Don't get me wrong, they're both horrendous, but three left-backs seems... Is it really your priority position, United? But when do United ever operate to a strategy? So it is what it is. And then the other one, yeah, Lissandro Martinez. It's been quite clear that, obviously, Ten Hag knows him well, but it seems neck and neck with Arsenal to try and get him in. Again, though, it's we've talked about it before. It's a guy who can almost play left centre-half and left-back. So, never really knew a club need four left-backs, in all honesty. So then you think, OK, is it a centre-half? There's not many top centre-halves of five foot nine, are they, Trevor, in all honesty? And Cannavaro's not kicking around anymore. So, it's a, again, it's a strange one. But when do you ever look at United buys and go, eh, I get that, that's to a strategy. It's just another one where you're like, OK, but let's just let it continue. It's brilliant. Well, it is. Uh and it does, you'd have to say, seem scattershot. Uh, and we're going to return to this topic later on after a fashion. So just to see out United as well, obviously there's the De Jong link, but um, Barcelona we know are interested there as well. Yeah. Uh, and then some Ajax-related news. Talk, talk to me about both of those things. Yeah, it's uh, it's almost a game of who blinks first with De Jong, because it's easy for Laporta and Barca to say they, they don't want to sell him. Now, there is an element they do want to retain him, but they've made it clear for them to retain De Jong, there's a threat that he has to give up the wages he's owed because he is owed a fortune by them from the deferment for the last year or so. So if he wants to stay, he's going to have to give up some wages. If he's going to go, then obviously they're going to charge United top whack to clear that wage debt and everything like that. So it might well be De Jong that just makes the decision, so to speak. There's that bit where Barca have got their public face on that they don't want him to go, but let's be honest, they really do because it's the biggest earner off the books. They clear all that, you know, and it's another economic lever pulled, so to speak. 
I'm not convinced for one minute De Jong wants to go to United, really, despite what anyone says. So it's going to be fascinating, but we will come. There's got a little bit of news came in the other day, so we'll come to De Jong later. And then Ajax as well. Look at all the players they're buying or linked with, shall we say, United. It's all Ajax, like Anthony's the other one, isn't it? It's almost as though Ten Hag said, I don't really care what my transfer scout said. I'm just going to start looking at my former players at Ajax type of thing. So, Martinez, Anthony, all these players that are at Ajax. So, it will be fascinating to see if he does go back shopping to his old home. You know, Ajax are set up uh, very much to do that. Just the, yeah. the, most, the most recent chat I had with Jan, we were, we were kind of re- re- reminiscing about that and talking about how that's their setup. It was when he was there and it remains that way today. But there seems to be, and I don't... I, I don't want to cast aspersions because the guy might come in and be fantastic, but there seems to be something a little bit best case scenario, unimaginative, uh, worst case scenario, cliched as fuck about going back to your own club uh, to dip in the pond there. And we spoke about Stevie Gerrard in this regard, you and I recently, and it just seems to be a real old pro take, thing to do. But uh, I don't know. Well, let, let, as you say, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see and it may cause more uh, smirks on our collective yeah. faces. Now, the next section that you have here is talking about the idea of transfer committees and the point yeah. and, and nature of them. Uh, and and that, that 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 pretty much links in from directly what we were just talking about. You know, do do you just buy what you know? Are you really going to do that? Are you the guy, are you the football manager equivalent of the lad who always goes to Tesco because he knows what's on the shelves because he knows the layout of the supermarket? Is that is that who you are, uh, or do you have a dedicated setup at your club? Uh, who's wisdom you take into consideration and come to a, a, a joint decision. So talk to us around about this idea of transfer committees if you want to maybe start with 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 Leeds, United, a couple other clubs you could you could you can mention around this. Yeah, it, it does it just directly links back to what you said a second ago. It really is the odd story of the summer, so to speak, especially in the, the Premier League. I mean we we've grown so accustomed to our transfer committee analysts and they get it right every time, don't they? You know, there's no, it's not about who used to play under Klopp. It's who's the right player. They pick them up. They do their analysis. It's well executed. At the moment in the Premier League, I mean, United, we've just given the example, the amount of links with former Ajax players, absolutely crazy. You've got Leeds at the moment. I mean, three of their buys have played under Jesse Marsh, their manager. So it's, I'm not saying that, That makes them bad players, but it just seems to be a bit of a theme. You've got Jesus there, played on, you know, Arteta knows him from his time at City. There does seem to be quite a lot of shop for what you know. And let's be honest, these are not Premier League clubs facing the cost of living crisis. These are Premier League clubs who are just doing insane things a little bit, shall we say. But that is what it is. It does make you appreciate our model even more. Disappointingly, it is a bit disappointingly because we love the drama a little bit. Let's not lie. As you said, Newcastle are very strategic at the moment. They are not just dropping the money on Ronaldo, Bale, the things we'd hope they do to like bring it to life. They're very much being strategic. They've got a profile of player, a certain age, working to a plan. So there is still, you know, Liverpool sticking to that correct mantra. Newcastle seems to be adopting it. But a lot of the others, it does just seem to be the story of the summer by what you know, whether that's right or wrong. Time will tell, I suppose. 
Now, we might actually finish up with a little word about Newcastle in relation to their, uh, I'll be honest, surprisingly methodical uh, yeah. approach. Uh, and as you said, disappointingly methodical approach, because what's the point in having these uh, uh, whales splashing around if they're not actually going to make an impact yeah. and, and, and entertain us as well? But uh, so be it. And like I said, we'll come back to it. But there's quite a lot going on elsewhere as well and if we cast our gaze uh, in a broader way across European football at the moment um, there are lots of big names uh, being linked and some of them of course uh, it, it's very interesting Dave I think you, you'll, you'll have noticed this a lot as well uh, we've also gone into that next bracket of not only being a destination club as proved by Mo Salah sticking about where he is uh, but also we're in that bracket where people are using us, agents are using us to get moves uh, for their players or yeah. journalists are very much using us as clickbait uh, in their potential stories. Uh, one man who featured heavily in that clickbait recently was Delict. Uh, and this was after Joe Gomez signed. So I was like, lads, what are you, what are you actually trying to do here? <laughs> but anyway, Delict is, is in the news as is Pavar and but uh, there are various moves involving involving Bayern and, and Juve and uh, might uh, be a little bit of a heartache for Chelsea there. Talk to us about those two at least anyway, and we'll, we'll move on then. This, this is honestly crazy, Trev. I've never seen so much fuss about the Dutch Harry Maguire ever, but here we go. So, yeah, <laughs> he's literally got a year left to go on his Juventus contract. So been a lot of suspicions is, you know, they're going to sell if they can't get him to renew naturally. Chelsea seems to be the initial destination because they've obviously got a dirt of centre-half since they've pretty much all gone on a free or been sold. So that was a, a natural expectation. But surprisingly, Bayern came to the party. So Bayern are right, right there at the moment. And it, all the suggestions are, that we know, that they're, they're not a million miles from a the deal. They're talking price now with Juventus. So eye-watering figures as well. But the biggest chat was that I know he's had it Injuries, so that, that'll be an element. But they're looking to flog Pavard to get the lit, which is just crazy in my eyes. I mean, they, they make some strange centre-half purchases by him with, they had Sula, you know, Umpacano's not, I know they win the league, but he's not really worked out. He's not looked elite. And let's be honest, we definitely made the right decision in going for Canate over the two as well. So it just seems a really strange move. But the intel that we have suggests that the lick to Bayern is not a million miles away by any means. So it looks like, unfortunately, the American owners at Chelsea might well be thwarted in that one. Now, I saw a picture, uh, a mock-up, just to keep our little links coming all, all the way through this show, in which someone was uh, giddying themselves up by putting um, Messi and Neymar and Mbappe in a foursome with the aforementioned Ronaldo uh, at at, uh, at PSG. And, of course, you can see why, because as you astutely pointed out, there are literally a handful, not even a handful, there's probably three clubs who could consider paying that guy what he wants at that stage of his career. Uh, and he need to go to a league where he's going to be playing against, you know, uh, opposition that will allow his flat-track bully thing to, 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 yeah. to come to the fore. So... That really daft scenario could still happen. However, if if it does, uh, it won't be under the watch of the manager that they 
just seen off. Talk to us about what's going on there. Crazy, yeah. Another another season, another manager gone at PSG. So there's also one put. Oh, it's unfortunate for Pochettino. Like the guy's walking away with an approximately nine million euro payoff. So don't feel any sympathy. But Galtier's in. So you know, been a lot of suspicion. It was clear they wanted Zidane, but it is Galtier. And realistically, whoever the boss is, doesn't really matter because it's Chairman Killian calling the shots there, isn't it? As we know from his. £80 billion pound a week renewal, whatever it was, in his contract. So it will be interesting. That the biggest sort of drama element there is all the suggestions are that Mbappe wants Neymar out. Not a big fan. They don't get on well. But Messi is good pals with Neymar from his time at Barca. So it's an interesting little power dynamic there. But how they bridge that, considering they've made all these promises to Killian, it's going to be fascinating to watch. But when is PSG ever anything but dull? I'm looking at this guy, Galtier, uh, on Wikipedia, because I have to do that, because I, I have the uh, I have the honesty to admit that I don't know anything about him. And I see that he, he as a player, who was a runner-up in a French Cup back in 87. And as a manager, he's got a League Cup in 2013. Yeah. He had a League uh, title with Lille uh, a year ago. Yeah. And... Since then, he has a French Cup runner-up at Nice. Now, is he just one of these emerging talents that people are getting very excited about? Because otherwise, uh, I'm not sure what to make of that. Basically, Trev, this is a full guy, a patsy, as they say, for Chairman Killian. The, the thing that's interesting that you're thinking, why might they pick him? This was the guy that led Lille to a title when they were in financial dire straits. You know, like everything was going crazy behind the scenes. They nearly had the electric cut off during one of the games. So probably the impression they have is, well, if he can manage that circus, he can manage our circus at PSG type of thing. So that's why maybe they've transferred it across. But it's, he's not a big name. He's not a big character. You wouldn't say so to speak. So he can easily be the full guy for the bigger names there so it's a it's a patsy i think as they say i'm loving this idea of chairman killian i really am i have to say it's uh it's it's not something i considered before but it does make a lot of sense and we mentioned on our last show luis suarez and the the frankly odd choice of of a of of, of transfer move that he's made or seemed to have made at that point uh what do we know about where that's at now he is ruthless, old Lewis, isn't he? So we know we'd do anything to win. He, he was asked, are you, are you moving to River? And he was quite honest to say no. They've been locked out, knocked out the Libertadores, so I'm not interested anymore. You know, nowheres and graces, straightforward. So Luis Suarez is a free transfer. The only club that we actively know have asked him so far, surprise, surprise, Stevie G's Aston Villa. There's nothing <laughs> seems to be taken, but that's all we know that's asked him. But I don't know, he's still, I'm not saying he's a top player, maybe as he used to be, but still looks a good free transfer for someone. Well, there would be a move that would still cost an emerging, uh, the emerging uh, behemoth that is Newcastle United. I said that with my tongue firmly in my cheek. It would still cost him a lot of money weekly, but uh, 
would make a lot of sense to have a goal scorer and a proven sort of uh, 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 robust uh, character like Suarez uh, coming back to the Premier League. I think that could be interesting to Aston Villa. Wow. You know, of course, now, Dave, that there's going to be lots and lots of people on, on the twits saying, Bring him home (laughs) 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 just for a season. So that's always going to be interesting. I'm glad that's rolling on because that's another one we can have a bit of crack with before the season's over. And finally, then you mentioned last week about uh, the uh, Yank influence at Chelsea and how, uh, you know, I actually named the show after it. There might be a little bit of uh, wheeling and dealing done by way of trades. Uh, You know, this is the kind of concept that was coming in and, uh, Chelsea do seem to have something in their mind with Barcelona, don't they? I've got to be honest, I despise everything about Chelsea, but I love Todd Bowley and the way he's operating at the moment. He's literally running Chelsea's transfer committee like Wall Street traded. It's amazing. So we mentioned before the player trade, which is it's very American, isn't it, in other sports, but it's not really done in Europe, so to speak. He is just going player trade crazy. So what we know so far is that Barca have got a, a clear interest, pretty close to deals, to be honest, for Azpilicueta and Marcus Alonso. Again, because Chelsea have got no defenders, so it may, makes sense to sell another two, potentially. But hey-ho. So how does he react to that? Well, he gets caught going for dinner in Barcelona, doesn't he? And in simple terms, it's a player trade, isn't it? So we know they've asked about, I think it's pronounced Arujo, the, the centre-half for them, that's only just signed a, a new contract. Another player that's just signed a new contract for Barca, Sergio Roberto. And the interesting one that is on the block and is being discussed, Frankie de Jong. Chelsea are in that picture. So could you imagine now if after all this summer, de Jong, like, when's he going to go to United? Could you imagine if Super Todd just swooped in there for a trade? That would just be immense top trumps, wouldn't it, really? That would just be superb. Well, I, I'm rooting for it as a move, I have to say, especially if it upsets the lads. But not to worry, because all uh, Eric can always go back and air the visit up and see what he can find. But let's yeah. have a look. Let's have a look at closer to home now, just as we get to uh, our, our second last big section, which is have a look at what's going on around the rest of the Premier League. Uh, and we'll finish then with a look at our latest club in focus, which we've been doing uh, week by week, and it'll be Leeds United. But the Raheem Sterling deal um, to Chelsea, another one that seemed to have been uh, having some sort of issues getting over the line, but the the rules yeah. are very, they're very strong, and it seemed to make sense for all parties, uh, and it looks now as if that is uh, over the line. Yeah, it's, it's one that's almost, we expected it to be done by now, didn't we, if we're honest? So the wages have been agreed, that's been confirmed, the fee's pretty much there. I think the only surprise or everyone's asking is, why isn't it done? What are we holding on for type of thing at the moment? So, yeah, I think it's just a case of waiting for that to be confirmed, simple as that. And we don't need to go on about it again because we spoke about that one before, but it does seem like you can see how he'd fit in there, like hand and yeah. glove, and that could go quite well for him. Uh, Forrest, however, Nottingham Forest, yeah. we've spoken about them already today because obviously they have uh, uh, gotten their hands on Nico Williams, but mm. it doesn't end there, Dave. No, it's 
It's good though, because usually with promoted clubs, the one I always hate, I always think of Norwich, because they always win the championship, they come up, they spend nothing, and then they finish 19th or 20th, and then they wonder why, you know, they keep yo-yoing. Forrest are having a real go at this. Like, they've got Nico looking at right wing back. They've got a great, I think will be a great player from um, Mainz near Cate at centre-half. Omar Richards from Barcelona. Barcelona, Bayern Munich even, sorry. So he'll be their left wing back, you'd think, most likely. And he joins sort of, Dean Henderson on loan at goalkeeper from United. We already know our boy, Taiwo, for that little sell-on clause for us. So he'll be their centre-forward as well. They're having, which I like, I mean, this we're talking, if we estimate it right, about 60-plus million. They are having a real go at this, so fair play to them. But, you know, if you've got the money and you can attract these players, good on them. It's better than just sort of limping up and limping back down and settling for parachute payments that the club's done. So, fair play, I'm all for it. Yeah, like, exactly, exactly. And, and, and it's... Uh... It's not exactly throwing shit at the wall and, and, and hoping it sticks either. Like there's, you can see a little bit of sense around those moves, and hopefully, uh, uh, at least our new boys, uh, our, our, our uh, you know, connected players there will will, will be successes. Now, uh, Anthony Gordon. Yeah. Uh, we 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 know that Anthony is uh, quite uh, a talented talented. Uh, diver, uh, but obviously he has. There's a footballer there too, or people wouldn't be interested in him. There was the link with Spurs at one stage. Newcastle apparently never made an inquiry, but it looks as if Gordon may be staying put. Absolutely mental. I don't know if anyone's seen ITV Two, but Tom Daly reruns a splasher going. You can get him for about a tenth of the fee. Why anyone is looking at Anthony Gordon for thirty-five million? I have no idea, but. That's that's been what's happening. We know Spurs made it, and then Newcastle made that specific inquiry as well. All the indications we have, though, are that Everton aren't really interested. They don't need the money after Richarlison. And actually, he's got a smart agent there, Gordon. So the suspicion is he will sign a more than double your money deal to stay. Not that he's on a big wage anyway, but that will be him signing a big new deal. And let's be honest, the way they're going, he's going to be their star, which doesn't really say much, but it's probably the truth. Yeah, they're made for each other, those two, that club and that player. It's you know that's and he's he's set up to be the the <laughs> the new figure of of loathing for us at that club after uh, after Precarlison has left. Uh, now two moves left that I want to talk about, which you've highlighted here. One is a a bit of incomings for Fulham, and then another one for Southampton. Yeah, they're obviously not headline grabbers by any means, just ones that flow under the radar. It'll be interesting to see how they do, actually. So, Andreas Pereira, the United player, so 10 million to Fulham, central midfielder, never really done anything at United, don't get me wrong. And without being rude, if you can't get ahead of McTominay and Fred, then that maybe says it all about your career realistically. So, be interesting to see how he does there at Fulham. And then the other one, which maybe interest me a bit more was the Joel Aribo. So he's moving from Rangers to Southampton. So it's a fee of up to 10 million. They're talking about 6 million up front initially. Maybe not the sort of biggest name, but we know Rangers has run last season through to the Europa League final. He was a big, big force in that. I think, in fact, now I've just thought about it, he might even have scored in the final, if I remember rightly. So he is, you know, a, a big name there. So, It'd be interesting to see how he does. He's got, you know, experience at international level. 
not maybe going to be the signing of the summer, but one where you're just thinking, yeah, good business at that level, to be honest. Absolutely. And that last one there, uh, the, 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 the guy heads to Southampton. I mean, I don't, I don't know anything about him, Dave. Yeah, it's, they're almost, it's interesting, Southampton. So they're, they're buying midfielders that people haven't really heard about. I think they say a rebo, sort of an attacking midfielder, can play off left foot, I should say, but can play off the right. And then the other one that we see is just literally got done from City, one of City's youngsters, and I might be pronouncing this one wrong, but Romeo Lavia, I think they've said. So he was a high, highly rated prospect at, at City's academy. So it's, they're not buying headline names, but they're really reinforcing that midfield. The only big speculation around Southampton, to be honest, Trev, is that Ward Prowse has interest galore. So I don't know if this is building up for them shipping out their captain. It's interesting they're buying a lot of central midfielders, shall we say. But yeah, not not headline names, but maybe decent business, if that's the right phrase, from Southampton. Yeah, I'd like to see what Ward Prowse would be like at a next level up club, because I, I I never really know what to make of that, lad. So that's interesting. We'll keep an eye on that one too. Our last big section then for today, Dave, is to have a look at our club in focus. And this week we're going to look at Leeds. Uh, another club who had a very dramatic season in the Premier League last year. Uh, and, you know, I, I've a, some extended family who are Leeds fans and uh, a couple of lads I work with are Leeds fans. And they're all obviously lads of a certain age because, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, there aren't too many contemporary Leeds fans that aren't from Leeds. But it's hard not to have been very interested in what they've been doing at that club over the last couple of years. Obviously, the uh, uh, eccentric and 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 uh, uh, titanium need manager that they did have yeah. is gone, uh, and you know it's it's been all changed. But there's quite a lot going on. Um, it does look, however, as though you know the biggest impact so far is going to be the loss of big players, as in Phillips to City and Phillips you know is so highly rated the minute he he got an opportunity uh, you know our people got an opportunity he was selected for the England senior team he is massively highly rated it doesn't seem to be a controversial decision to say that he's a wonderful footballer Uh, only certain people will push back against you on that and their other really standout talent is Rafinha and you know we we know that certainly there were rumours that we were very interested in him and uh, he's a highly talented footballer that they could really uh, scarcely be without but it looks like that's going to happen too. Now, the impact of losing two players like that to a squad that, you know, we know how, how skin of the teeth their survival was, that's a hammer blow immediately, Dave. Yeah, it's an, it's an interesting one because, as you said, they're, they're two big players, but it looks like big money. I mean, Phillips was, a, I think he said, around 45 million. That was the, the suggestion of the fee. Rafinha, as you said, um been linked and inquired with everyone. We know Arsenal have made bids. We know that Barca wants him, but they obviously can't pull the trigger on that for various economic reasons. Spurs have inquired. Even Chelsea have, have made an inquiry at one stage as well. So it will be absolutely astonishing if he doesn't go and we're talking somewhere close or around the 60 million mark. So if you look at that, you know, there's, there's over 100 million there set to be in the pot. 
and it is not it's not burning a hole in that pocket, so to speak. It, it's gone. It doesn't even touch the pocket a little bit. So if you look at the business they've done, they've got Rasmussen, Rocker, Brendan Arneson. If I'm pronouncing it right, Sinistera, the winger. They've got Giabi from City, the youngster. Um, and the latest one, Tyler Adams, so another Red Bull Salzburg player, a midfielder. So it's a high turnover, Trev. It looks like there's only, well, there's one, potentially two, most likely two, going out the door. They're doing a lot of business. And you never know how that works, because history tells us when you sell a few, but you bring in seven or eight, you know it's going to take a bit of time for at least a few of those to really embed. It never tends to work well to change half your team, so to speak. So it is interesting, but you cannot deny they're backing Jesse Marsh. And interestingly, having maybe been a bit reluctant, shall we say, to fully back our mate Bielsa, they're backing him and they're backing him with players that he knows. Like we said, there's three former players there, a couple of American players, a couple from Red Bull, Salzburg, the team he managed for a long period. So they're really, give on the surface, it appears they're really giving him what he wants it's really how you see it, I suppose. It's there's some talented players. I'd love to see how Tyler Adams gets on. He looks a real talent, I have to be honest. I think I'd be really intrigued out of them all to see how he goes. But there's just that element that history tells us when you bring in six players, as we know, we've been in those periods, haven't we? You try and integrate six periods into the six players, sorry, into the first team. It ain't all smooth sailing straight away, put it that way. You know, most, not to be condescending, but most like meat and two veg football supporters are not going to be familiar with most of those names. And they will be familiar with the two that have left. And as you say, if that accrues a big bundle of money, then that's great. But there's an interesting thing here that kind of relates back to something we spoke about earlier on, which is the idea of transfer committees and uh, a transfer strategy. Uh, and, you know, you can see where with Marsh here, they're very much leads are very much in a bracket that we've discussed. One of the brackets that we've discussed, which is, you know, backing a guy to go out and get players that he's familiar with uh, and perhaps not necessarily going the transfer analyst route. Like you said, uh, three former players and, and, and two Yanks and. You know, the manager in question, it doesn't take a genius to see what's going on there. So when you assess that as a strategy, before I ask you to give me your, your take on how you think they're going to get on, like you say they're backing them, but is it the type of backing that you think is wise, healthy? Uh, does it make sense? Is it absolutely valid in its own way? Joe, so it's a really good question. And being honest, my gut tells me it's a little bit unearned, if anything. I think you see that clubs will back managers, but you understand it. You see Tottenham, you think, yeah, they should back Conte. They've got a world-class manager with a proven track record. They're not going to get a better manager. Back him. You know, not, not just throw everything, sell the family silver, but if you want to keep him happy, he's going to take your club places. Jesse Marsh hasn't got a CV anything like that at all Trev so the fact that they do seem to be buying players that he's had previously or there's obvious links with him there it is a bit surprising and maybe he's in a bit of a, a luxury position compared to, to what you would expect especially with a being at a franchise where he came from like Red Bull you know it's very much a, 
a profile of player rather than the manager's pick, so to speak. So he's a little lucky, Jesse. I've got to be honest, but he's going to be under pressure because if it's his players and the names he wants, there's not really any excuses, is there, at the end of the day? There's not. There's not. Now, I'm going to take it home before we go to our very last question or topic because out of pure paranoia and fear that we'll miss something when the show is live, I've been scrolling through my Twitter timeline and glancing at it occasionally uh, as as, as we're doing this. And there is something here that relates back to a topic that we talked about earlier on, and that's, you know, getting players tied down and if I was to mention these four players or three players to you, I'd like you to tell me how likely you think it is that the, uh, a contract gets offered to them. So Nami Keita, Diogo Jota, Roberto Firmino, the word is that they're all in line to get contracts. Do you think that's likely? Keita, yes, would be astonished if he didn't get one, to be honest. And that's not about... Because it's obviously a different debate how do you rate Naby Keita? That rages all the time, doesn't it? But from an at least an asset protection point of view, would be astonished. Would suspect it's already pretty much in the works. Jota, yes, absolutely. I know you could argue he's tailed off a little bit at the end of last season, but his numbers are great for what he is. I would be, again, astonished. I would bet good money again that he does get offered an extension. He fits that profile. Bobby? Do you know what? This sounds absolutely terrible. This is like when they knifed Julius Caesar almost, so to speak. I love Bobby. He's been an absolute legend for us. Unless, and this is, because I'm going to put a caveat in, because it is Bobby. Unless it's a huge wage reduction, I don't see the sense in doing it, to be honest. Giving a fifth choice, maybe fourth choice at best, forward, big money. It's horrible to say, Trev, but it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, and and that's where I think uh, we may see a little bit of the Klopp influence coming in because you would probably have made a very similar argument, or lots of people would at least, not to put words in your mouth, about Jimmy Milner. Uh, And that, that got done. And I think just... You know, considering the type of influence that he has, maybe you might see something similar to that. Like uh, I heard Dave talking about the difference between extensions and uh, and new contracts, and maybe that's what Bobby will be offered. Who knows? It'd be interesting to see, and I, I look forward to I look forward to to, to talking to you about. It. I hope I yeah selfishly hope they all get over the line so we can see those guys for another while yet. And then finally, uh, just to finish up because on a transfer show. What more interesting topic can you have than the theory behind why it is that players move from X to Y? And I want to go back to Newcastle because they are doing a a very depressingly sensible job, it appears, Dave. You know, and as you say here, that's a really good point. They're putting the feelers out, making moves for for six analysts, one of them uh, Liverpool connected. And the word that you've chosen here, I think, is spot on. This is strategic. It's not yeah. scattershot. They're not giving us any crack here, Dave. What's yeah. going on? No, it's 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 smart, clever, and dull all at the same time. <laughs> type of pod. So, yeah, very much. They've got a 
strategy in place. They've got, as we know, Dan Ashworth's brought in, so sort of the, the head of football operations, I think, is his official job title. They're looking at all roles within the football club, and very much they bought into the, you know, the analyst, the strategy, strategic approach, I should say. So they have literally started looking at almost who's the best in the business. And we know they've approached many analysts at different clubs. I know people are probably going to say, Trev, you mean scouts? No, I don't want to be horrible here. Scouts are a little bit, not 10 a penny in football, so to speak. You'll get, you know, qualified scouts. But analysis, as we know, is the, the big place where it's at, shall we say. You know, you've got rocket scientists working for football clubs. It's as simple as that. Newcastle have looked across the board and they've made almost, you know, double, more than double the offers to these analysts. We also know that they've already stolen one of ours. Jürgen name-checked it once in the, in the press conference and they have made an offer to one of ours as well. So you, it, won't, it won't fill back pages, but don't be surprised if you maybe just see a snippet or something on Twitter on something just saying analyst for United, Chelsea, we know one club, Arsenal analyst moves to there. And just to, to bring a bit of sexiness to it, Trev, because I know this isn't the most exciting topic, one thing we do know is when Michael Edwards is prepared to return to football, Newcastle have told him, give us a call, pretty much name your price. So it will be interesting to see what happens there. That's that's definitely a longer term conversation because all the indications are Michael Edwards is on a long term break. But interesting, they've got his number in their file of facts, shall we say. Wow. Yeah, that is interesting. And and like you say, yeah, it may not be sexy, but it, it's ridiculously uh, enthralling from, uh, uh, you know, just a football point of view to watch how they're going about this. You have to admit, uh, it's uh, it's something that we'll be keeping a close eye on as well. Uh, Dave, you know, the best thing about this is I was wondering about this over the course of the summer, but it's endlessly fascinating because it's almost more interesting to watch what other clubs are doing than what we're doing ourselves and now that the pressure has been taken off at Liverpool I, I don't know how you feel but I feel like we can enjoy uh, what happens and what occurs between now and this uh, uh, transfer windows end or whenever the show comes to a halt so uh, very much appreciate you taking us round all the houses today mate and uh, look forward to next week's update because no doubt if, today, if this week's anything to go by there'll be plenty of stuff for us to get our uh, chompers around. So for another fantastic show, thanks very much, mate. No props. Pleasure as always. Take care. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds. And it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.